Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Thank you for the Board of Education to the Seat of Learning. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask tonight that you'll teach us about your wind. Lord, I appreciate the leadership here. Hallelujah. I appreciate this church. I appreciate this building. <laughs> I appreciate this podium. <laughs> Oh. oh, go ahead and drink before we get in the word. Nothing like having some good wine to wash down the meat of the word tonight. These are Holy Ghost meetings. That means the Holy Ghost could spring up at any time. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I even brought my Greek linguistic key. <laughs> And then Jim started talking, Brother Jim, and and then the cork popped open, and the bubbles came up. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You have your Bibles, let's turn to John 16. And we'll attempt to get this ship out of the harbor into deep water. And uh, have fun. It's good to see some of the PA folks here. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 16, that's where we started with last night in verse 23. And that day you asked me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask Abba, Papa, Daddy, for anything, he'll give it to you in my name. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive. That your joy may be Oh! 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be honest with you, this is, I am not acting tonight. I am not a performer. <laughs> but it was very difficult for me to walk from there, from point A to point B. I really thought I was going to hit the wall there. <laughs> kind of be out over there for a while. Let's read that again. <laughs> You've asked for nothing in my name. Glory to God. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be I tell you what I'm asking for tonight. Let's turn to Psalms 29. This is what I'm really asking for. And we'll begin at verse 1. I'm reading from the New American Standard. I couldn't find a New Canadian Standard before I came, so sorry about that. But we're all part of North America, so it should be fine. <laughs> Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. This is what I'm asking for, that our joy can be full, okay? I'm not just asking for a Rolex or... Whatever, you know. What I used to ask for 10 years ago, you know. I was so carnal 10 years ago, you know. You know what I'm saying? Why are you so quiet here? <laughs> I just thank God for whittling me down. Burning me up until nothing's left but Jesus. This is what I'm asking for, that my joy can be full. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. <laughs> this will tickle my fancy for God to do that here. The Lord is over many waters. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord makes the deers to calve and strips the forest bare. Everything in his temple says, Glory!
All of creation says glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't going to let no stupid birch out there do my job. Hallelujah. I'm going to let some fat black bear do my job. Hallelujah. I want to say glory. With every breath that I have to say glory. sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people. Shalom. Brother Jim read that word. The Lord takes delight in the prosperity of his servants. The word for prosperity is shalom. It means peace like a river. Well-being, healing, restoration, Everything prosperity is and says and ever will be is shalom. Hallelujah. Shalom, you all. Hallelujah. Manishma. Ooh, I love Hebrew. You gotta learn Hebrew. Oh, I'm also asking on my wish list. Hallelujah. For Psalms 24 in this hour. I've got my grocery list out, and I'm not asking anything from Santa Claus. I'm asking from Abba. Lord, can this year be the year that you thunder? Yeah. <laughs> Did he say that? If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Ask that your joy could be full. Hallelujah. I just, I just envision, I just, you know... We've been to a lot of revival meetings, you know, and, and I remember I was in a meeting, a camp meeting, and people were doing things, and I don't remember what they were doing, but I was sitting way up in the nosebleed section, you know, and I just said, Lord, these meetings, everything's the bottom line. I mean, the bottom line of all these meetings is that your glory will fill the earth as the water scripture to see. I just want your glory just a canopy, like a hoopah. That's why Jewish people get married underneath the, the canopy, the hoofah. Because they lost the glory. <laughs> They're trying to remember it. I want to get under that glory cloud. Just, just the sins on a city. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm asking for big things. Because we've got a big God. And he'll give you whatever you ask for. If you'll believe it. Did he not say, if you would believe, you'll see the glory of God? That's why you've been learning about faith all these years. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm asking for this. Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord. 
and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek thy face, Selah. In honor of God's word, let's just do a little Selah right now. Pause. Bow your heads in a moment of silence. No. <laughs> Selah. Just think about it. Hallelujah. Don't be in a rush. We got all night. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Actually, I don't want to misread that. There's an exclamation point there. It says, that the King of glory may come in. We'll be faithful to the original text now. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. I believe we're about to enter into pastor and elders, our folks, brothers and sisters, visitors. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're about to enter in seeing the Lord of glory come. And, and, and if the Lord of glory is not just like the northern lights appearing or aurora borealis over the building. We're about the Lord mighty in battle. Think about it. If you read throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the word called Adonai Tzvaot, which means the Lord of hosts. We've learned a lot about Jehovah Shalom. Amen? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Sitkinu. Jehovah, Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Shammah. I mean, there's so many names. But there's one name that has not been revealed in the church very much. You know why? Because God's saving it for the last. It's called Adonai Tzvaot, the Lord of hosts. And the word host, Tzvaot, does not mean a bunch of fat babies that have wings on their back. <laughs> not a bunch of zombies that look spooky up there in heaven. Nothing to do with Michelangelo painting. We're talking about the Lord of the armies of heaven. Hallelujah. It's the most stately, kingly title given to God. Say that. Adonai. Svot. T.S. Svot. Ho! He's the one that's been behind the armies of Israel and all these crazy victories they've won. Hallelujah. Little boy out there with a Molotov cocktail and all these Syrian tanks coming down and they all turn around and take off during the Six-Day War. Why? Because they saw out of night's boat all the white horses and the angels. My goodness. He's the one. Hallelujah. Then in six days, wiped out all the powers of the Middle East with a bunch of ragtag army. Shingi bingo, ha ha. Hallelujah. When my wife was a little girl, they just came to Israel in 73, and the Yom Kippur war, war broke out, and they were in Galilee, and Nasrati Leap, it's Upper Nazareth, and the Syrian shells were coming down, and everybody was running to the bomb shelters, and Dalit's family says, No, we're not going anywhere, it's going to be okay. And hearing the boom, the concussions, the ground shaking, and 
Dolly's mother gets up and starts praying in tongues. Hallelujah. And Adonai Smoke sends a little, you know, little scout over here and just knock away the shells. Hallelujah. Oh! We haven't seen him yet in his mighty. We've seen him come riding on a donkey as a suffering servant. See, the Jewish people believe they missed it. They're so close yet so far. The rabbis believe in that there's two messiahs. One is Messiah ben Yosef and one is Messiah ben David. Messiah, son of Joseph. Messiah, son of David. They believe that there's two comings of the Messiah. Or two different Messiahs. Ben Yosef is going to be a suffering Messiah. Be rejected by his own people like Joseph was his own brothers. And then there's Messiah ben David, the reigning king that shall come. They got it all wrong. There's one Messiah and two comings. Hallelujah. <laughs> he came first as a suffering Joseph, rejected by his brothers. He's coming as a reigning king, folks. Just read about the exploits of David. Well, I saw your coach in there with the little kids in there, you know, basketball practice. I just kept on laughing in there. I was saying, look at all those David's warriors. <laughs> I saw it. <that. laughs> Makes me want to be a kid again. Hallelujah. I saw it. And if we don't take it as older generation, the young people will. Hallelujah. And we're going to take it in this hour. I don't know. The Lord of the armies of heaven. Read about this. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Forget about this doctrine that we just get out of here and we get out of here before, you know, you know, everything gets worse. Give me a break. I'm not looking for an elevator out of here. I want to be one of the last ones out kicking devils in the teeth, rescuing prisoners. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not looking for escape clause in this contract. Hallelujah. I'm here to death to do us part. Hallelujah. And if he wants to snatch me out of here before then, great. Hallelujah. <laughs> Think about it. What an honor it would be to die as a martyr. Thank you for those amens. <laughs> It won't hurt, folks. Just a quick little pain and shoo, you'll be out of your body. It's okay. I'm not asking for that, but I'm just saying, hey, bigger crown, more glory. Hey, best seat in the house next to the Father. That's what it says, Acts 1. You shall receive power to be my witnesses. The word witness is martyr. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we're not going to go out here quite yet, but just have it in your mind what an honor it would be. Amen? I was reading Fox's Book of Martyrs, and Nero totally demon-possessed Caesar. He, was, he hated the Christians. Hated them. And what he decided to do was in his backyard, outside his palace, was to get a bunch of Christians and nail them to stakes and cover them in tar and then light them on fire. Men, women, and children... And it was, it was a kind of like a party, a celebration as all the Romans were there having their, you know, their festival, drinking, getting drunk, and watching these Christians. And it infuriated Nero, it says in this book, because all the Christians were singing the most beautiful 
song, heavenly songs as they were dying. What they were doing? <laughs> no pain. Hallelujah. Singing in the spirit as they just leave their earth suit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, when you join the army, you recognize that you will be put in a situation where you could lose everything. So just have the attitude. It's going to be okay. The Lord mighty in battle. Hallelujah. I can't get off this topic. Listen, we have not yet seen the day of the Lord yet. Where the Lord raises a war cry. Hallelujah. Read Isaiah. Read Zechariah 9. The Lord himself shall blow the trumpet and march in the whirlwinds and the tornadoes of the south. He says, I shall raise up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and I shall make you a warrior's sword. Hello, army of God. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? Adonai Tzvaot, the Lord of the armies of heaven. He is the king of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to study about the wind of the Spirit. John chapter 3. It's all going to fit. And we, we sang about the army of God tonight, didn't we? I am really drunk. Oh. So if I don't seem to be very articulate tonight, it's because I'm not very drunk. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And last night we began to enter into knowing an increased measure God's love for humanity. Amen? You want to learn more about his love? Well, let's back up to verse 1. And let's dissect this tonight. I, I want to say to you before we get started, I really don't know what I'm doing tonight. I really don't. I mean, I have a lot of things in my heart to share, but I don't know what I'm doing. I feel, I, I feel totally useless up here. And it's good. I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I feel very inadequate, and I, I like that feeling. Verse 1, Now there was a man in the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can this be, a man be, be born when he is old? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I'd like to say to you tonight that most of us 
have spent a lot of time knowing our genetic code, what makes us tick, in our mind, will, emotions, in our flesh, our body, the creature comforts of life, the things that satisfy those things, we know very little about the other realm. I want to step over deeper tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why? Because you'll come suddenly. You'll come suddenly like a mighty rushing wind. I want to be ready for it. Do not marvel I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. You do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Oh, Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to return back to my true paternal parents. <laughs> I want to know him in whom I move and live and have my being. I hear the sound in the top of the mulberry trees, the gentle wind of the Spirit. I want to look for him and not in somebody else's testimony or some other Christian novel or program. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. And it's by faith. Elijah took a one-way ticket to Sinai. God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. What was the end? The gentle, small breeze. The little Hebrew says it's like the rustling among the leaves. And that's what's going to birth this next open door in this church. It's going to be of the Spirit, spontaneous of the Spirit, unpredictable. And it's going to happen suddenly. It could happen tonight. It could happen next month. I don't know. But I'm preparing for it. I'm putting up my sails. Because this thing, folks, is something we've never experienced before in church history. That's why I feel so inadequate up here. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> I feel... So let's move on in the Word here. First Peter, chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit, let's put there the breath or the wind of Christ within them, because the word spirit, pneuma, taken from the Hebrew word ruach, means breath or wind or spirit. The spirit or the breath of Christ within them was indicating, as he predicted, the sufferings of Messiah and the glories to follow. The breath of God within us, that he's breathed within us, is indicating to us. The Geiger counters starting to rise up. Every service we get more and more closer. That something is about to happen. That's why we're here. That's why people aren't out doing something 
you know, a beautiful Tuesday evening, beautiful weather. That's why we're here tonight, amen? There's the Geiger counters picking up inside. The breath of him whom we live and move and have our being is saying something to us. Hallelujah. Put up your antennas tonight. It says here, sufferings of Messiah and the glories to follow. The glories of God was the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The glory of God that fell on the early church. And throughout history, there's a roller coaster ride, the dark ages, and in and out of times of breaths and winds of God through the church. And then I've always thought that the, the glories of God finally was the new Jerusalem and the millennial reign and all that good stuff. But before that happens, there's coming a great visitation of glory. Hallelujah. Go sell all of your freeze-dried food. <laughs> Quit reading doomsdayers. And start thinking on this present glory. It's coming, folks. Why? Because the Lord is strong and mighty in battle. And he's coming after the prisoners of war. And you are the army of God. Hallelujah. Hello, battalion of the Lord. Hallelujah. Get it in your brain. Just mm, down in, That's why I was going like this. Just constantly renew your mind to this. And there's more that be with us than be with, be with them out there. And how is the Lord, we just read it, how is the Lord himself going to come in? The King of glory, might in battle. When we get our pure heart so we can ascend his hill. You read the first of that psalm? It's all about repentance and getting flushed. Hallelujah. And get emptied. Why? So we can be a part of what he's about to do. And those ancient doors will... Hallelujah. If you want to get excited, you know, hallelujah, turn off the computer and go and read Revelation 1 over and over. Eyes, flames of fire. Read Revelation 19. Hallelujah. A sharp two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. Hallelujah. On his thigh is the name, the King of kings and Lord of lords. His vesture, his, his talus is dipped in blood. Hallelujah. He's coming back as a warrior. Adonai Tzvot, it's the most exalted name for God, and there hasn't been a whole lot of teaching about it. How many people here have never heard teaching about Adonai Tzvot before? I haven't heard much about it until just recently. I began to study it. It's the most exalted kingly title given to God. We needed to know the other titles, Shalom and Rapha and Nisi. We needed we didn't know those covenant names of God to boister our faith. Now, as the troops are getting ready, he's about to appear in glory. Don't think this is far-fetched thinking. All it takes is for an angel of the Lord to appear over this church with a flaming sword. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. I feel them here tonight, I'm telling you. Last time we were praying for people, and thank you for being patient. You know, ne Next time we pray for lots of people, we'll do a section at times. So we don't have to stand so long. But up there in the other room, I was praying for somebody. Actually, it was the upper room up there. I prayed for somebody. And when I prayed for a, a lady, I felt a rush of wind come. And just, she just went down, and I said to the guys that catch her, I said, that was an angel. An angel just touched her. There's times that you'll sense there's a healing anointing, there's an anointing for deliverance, anointing for teaching, all these other things. But there was an angel came, folks. I could feel it just whoosh. These things are not taught 
they are caught. And the more we get in services like this, the more we become used to the ways and operations of the realms of God. Amen. And that's why your pastors want to do this. And I'm excited to be here. Hallelujah. There's just nothing else that lights my fire except being in a Holy Ghost service. Hallelujah. That's why you're here also. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you and these things which now has been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things in which angels long to catch a clear glimpse. Don't think that the angels up there are so busy they don't really care about what's going on down here. Everything happening in heaven is centered on what's happening down here. Hallelujah. Now, if an angel appeared tonight on the stage, I mean, everybody would fall in their place and scream and go crazy. But you have to remember something. God's taking the foolishness of preaching <coughs> to keep out the wise and proudful so that the simple can enter in. Hallelujah. And no man should boast before the Lord. Verse 13, Therefore, gird your minds for action. Like that. Gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. <clears throat> Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What revelation? Him riding on a white horse. Coming in His glory. Hallelujah. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which are yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. We see this time when God himself appeared on Mount Sinai. And everything that was shaken, that peninsula was shaken at that time. Archaeologists tell us that on Sinai, they have found charcoal remains of rocks that were melted from an intense fire. It was the glory of God, our God's consuming fire, Hebrews 12 talks about. He came on that mountain, hallelujah. And Moses goes, Ugh. Moses spoke to God and God thundered. Hallelujah. And the trumpets grew louder and louder and louder. And he said, that's hair-raising. Wait till what's going to happen when he shakes everything. He says, we have not come to a mountain that's smoking now. We've come to the new Jerusalem to innumerable angels, to the heavenly host, arrayed in battle array, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, hallelujah, to the mediator of Jesus of the covenant. See to it, you do not refuse him who's speaking from heaven. As he says, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. This is what these meetings are all about. I was thinking today about uh, the fellows in Brownsville. I heard them say something. They said, most churches stop too soon. They start fasting and praying, having extended meetings, waiting for God to visit, and they stop too soon. And I, you know what a joy it is for me to be here, to be with leadership that just are tracking, we're just like, just, I mean, it's exciting. He's going to visit. He's going to visit. Hallelujah. I'm here to stir up your faith tonight. Talking about the wind of the Spirit. Look at Second Peter now. Chapter 1, verse 16, I'm so glad for the Word of God. 
For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. But when he received honor and glory from God the Father, verse 17, 2 Peter, such as an utterance as this was made to him from the majestic glory. Hallelujah. This is a realm I know very little about. Can you agree? But I want to know more about it. And guess what? God will reveal this realm to you as much as you want to know it. The door is open. Whosoever. Whosoever. The only thing holding you back is yourself. Hallelujah. That's why every waking moment I want to be in either, I want to be worshiping God or serving my family, loving my wife, taking care of my kids, discipling them, or being in revival meetings. I have no other plan in my life. Ask her. She knows. God's done a number on me. I'm so thankful for it. I'm so Hallelujah. I make some people nervous. I think their hands are unclean. That's why. I don't think they know the God of glory. They know God the provider. Take me past the outer core <laughs> to your holy place. I wish I could sing. Oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> I've always wanted to be able to sing. But anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Take me past the brazen altar. I want to see your face. Oh, hallelujah. What fascinated me as a kid when I, my father, you know, he took me to the movie Ten Commandments when it first came out. And there, you know, Moses was there with Zipporah, you know, his wife. And, and they're looking at this mountain and it's burning with fire, you know. I know it's Hollywood, but it's good to think about it anyway. And then Moses sees a bush burning. He goes up there and suddenly the bush talks to him. Moses. Moses. I've heard the cries of my people. Go get the video and see it. It's awesome. <laughs> and the God of glory thundered to deliver people. And the God of glory is going to thunder again to deliver people from the Pharaoh of this world. Hallelujah. And those who have been faithful on the backside of the desert, shepherding God's flocks, will suddenly see a bush burning one day. There'll come a new mantle and a new anointing and a new call. Hallelujah. Why do you think David became a mighty warrior? Because he learned to shepherd God's people faithfully. Hello, ministry of helps out there. Stay faithful with it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's coming. Majestic glory. This is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. How many people would have liked to have been there? And so we have the prophetic word made even more sure. Look at this. This is an incredible statement. Peter's saying we saw the transfiguration. We saw the glory of God on the mountain. Yet we have a more prophetic word than what we heard on the mountain. The prophetic word is the Old Testament prophecies. We have a more prophetic word made more sure to which you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp 
shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So I say, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see a transfiguration. Hallelujah. And the Lord says, get in the word, son. You understand what Peter's saying here? Peter's saying we, the New Testament wasn't even written yet, okay? It's in the process of being written. When Paul says to Timothy, you know, uh, all Scripture is God-breathed by the wind of the Spirit and proper for teaching. What's all Scripture there? It's the Old Testament. Because the New Testament wasn't even written yet. It's in the place of being written. And so how can we find out this morning star that's about to rise, the visitation of the glory of God? That's by searching the scriptures of the prophets. Hallelujah. Study Isaiah, Haggai, Nahum. Glory to God. And then come on over to the Gospels to the prophet, Jesus, and keep going with it. Hallelujah. Suddenly we'll start to see a glimmer during this dark time in our culture. As it gets darker, the day star, the morning star start rising in our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He goes on and says here, in your hearts, the Greek word actually, verse 19 at the end can also be right into verse 20. In your hearts, know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Now hang in there, folks. We're getting ready to switch gears here. How were these men moved? By the Spirit of God or by the wind of God. The same Greek word used here of these men being moved is used in Acts 27. Let me show you the velocity of the wind of God. Acts 27. Same Greek word. Hallelujah. Verse 14, Paul is talking about being shipwrecked. He says, before long, Acts 27, 14, but before very long there rushed down from the land a violent wind, call it Northeasterner. Same principle that filled the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Suddenly came a mighty rushing wind. Verse 15, and when the ship was caught in it, they could not face the wind. We gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. It's the same Greek word as what we just read in 2 Peter. That these prophets of old were driven along, moved along, gave way to the wind of the Spirit because they couldn't turn into it and steer against it and attack against it. That's why God's getting rid of all of our anchors, all of our global positioning navigation equipment, our charts, our outboard motors, our oars, everything we relied on. And now all we're doing now is putting up the sail and sitting in the bow of the ship as he's in the stern as the captain running this thing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Same word is used again in verse 17. And after they had hoisted it up, they used supporting cables and undergirding the ship and fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of Sirtis, they let down the sea anchor and so let themselves be driven along. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we're asking for revival. Do you understand what we're asking for? Yeah. This wind that is going to come, is, our ship needs to be seaworthy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Not to attack against it because we'll destroy ourselves. But to flow with it. At high speed. <laughs> Pulling a huge seine net behind us. Catching all kinds of fish. <laughs> now I'd like to read this to you. The Greek, I brought it just in case tonight. It says the word here, to be carried along, to be borne along. The word was used of a ship carried along by a wind. The metaphor here is that the prophets raised their sails and the Holy Spirit filled them and carried their craft along in the direction he wished. I'll repeat that. This is good stuff, folks. We could stop right here. I tell you, I could feel the gentle breeze picking up. The word was used of a ship carried along by the wind. The metaphor here is that of the prophets raised their sails and the Holy Spirit filled them and carried their craft along in the direction he wished. So here's men of God in the Old Testament, examples for us in this hour, that would go to desolate places and seek the face of God and get hungry and fast and pray and do whatever they could to dedicate themselves to the Lord. That it matter their background, their pedigree, their education. God chose whoever. And it came at seasons of times the wind of the Spirit would come and rush through them. And they couldn't help but write down the epistles. Hallelujah. Or the writings or whatever scriptures it was. Because they were moved along by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And this is the same wind that's blowing now. Not to add to the canon of the scripture, but to add to the book of Acts. Did you all catch that? Not to add to the canon, it's already completed, but to continue the book of Acts, because there's no amen at the book of Acts. It's still being written. <laughs> You're a scribe, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> This, this makes me want to do go crazy for Jesus. I don't like dry times. I like it when a wind's blowing. That's why this song is, there's a wind blowing all across the land. And we're singing that song and just the top of the tree is going like this and we're all so excited about it. Revival, praise God. And there's coming a big wind, uproot the whole tree. <laughs> There's a gala coming. <laughs> yes, I feel it in my spirit. I feel it so strong. Oh, there's so much more about it. Look, look at I, look at Jeremiah 51. Excuse me. Let's go to Ezekiel 37 first. That's even better. This is all hot manna, folks. Ezekiel 37. Let's just start at verse 1. It's so wonderful. I just love this so much. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit, or by the wind, okay? And set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. 
And he caused me to pass around them. And behold, there was very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, O son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh God, you know only. <laughs> and he said to me, Prophesy. Everybody here is called to be a prophetic generation because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. That's what witnessing is. You're prophesying. You're testifying of the resurrection. That's what the power is. And speaking it on the inspiration of the wind, the breeze of God that comes upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we get excited. Hallelujah. Listen, I was, I was a theological egghead in 87. I thought I was discovering the secret realms of God. All I was doing is hitting myself up against a beaver dam. I was, I, I was in the back swamp waters of, of, of anything God was doing, folks. I was in a quote, quote, signs of wonder seminary. It was a cemetery. And, I, I, you know, ministers would come in there and worship God. The spirit would move and... The, get back to class and all the professors sit there and just, just trash all that whole chapel service. And they say, well, this guy, he doesn't want to exegete. He has no proper human existence. And I listen to these mentors in my life. And they said, well, you need to go in there and start studying these books. So I studied these books and I couldn't get out of it. It was a maze, you know. I couldn't get out of this stuff. And I was dry spiritually. And the Lord said, and you all heard this before, but it's good bearing repentant, repeating. I went to the Arkansas River to pray up to the buddies of mine. And we're there. It's a dry river. The Lord said, son, prophesy to this river. As a sign to you. May that be a sign to you if you want to receive it? Good, great. But it's a sign to me. It says, prophesy this river. For this time tomorrow night, this river will be in flood stage. As a sign to you of the power, the glory, and the finances coming to church in the last days. Hallelujah. So I had a part to play. You know what a prophet is? A borrowed mouth, a spokesman for God. Hello, prophets of God. Not that you're in a full-blown office of a prophet. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of guys call themselves prophets. They're really only non-profit. <laughs> but there's an element of prophecy in preaching. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he said, prophesy to this river. We prophesied the next, that night, a huge thunderstorm parked over Tulsa. Over 10 inches of rain fell that night. And the next morning, the National Guard was there evacuating all the graduate housing. Because the river was in flood stage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you know why that happened? I believe I tapped into something. I got there in that riverbank before this happened, and I said, God, where's the God of Elijah? Where's the beef? <laughs> the Wendy's commercial was very popular at that time, and I got hungry. If you get satisfied, you won't move in the realm of the wind. And that stirred me up again to press in. That's what we taught on early morning waiting. Probably have to teach that again about how to get up in the morning and wait upon God and hear His voice and get in a Holy Ghost, just a Holy Ghost nosedive into His presence. Hallelujah.
You don't do it every day, but you, it's, 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 it comes in cycles with me. I get in seasons of hunger. And I press into that. And the Lord's been telling me to begin to fast and pray for this week, for the weeks coming up. I just, I mean, there's a hunger inside of me again. Hope it's getting on you tonight too. Hallelujah. There's more. And we've got to draw near. We've got to drill. We've got to ask. And initiate this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! And suddenly the glory of God visited me. And he said, son, go blow the shofar at the places in New York City that are offensive to me. You've all heard the testimony. How did those things initiate? Because I got hungry. Can you imagine? Oh, how many people here? You know, a couple hundred people, whatever. Can you imagine people getting totally like a bloodthirsty weasel? I mean, in a chicken house, I mean, they don't care about nothing else except getting a hold of the blood of the covenant and calling out on their rights and God to visit them. Oh, mm. Verse 4, he said to me, Son, prophesy of these bones. And I say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into them, or wind that you may come to life. And I'll put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you and cover you with skin and put breath or wind or spirit in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. Lord, we ask you tonight, breathe through us and through the other churches in the area. Breathe on the dry bones. as Saskatchewan. Hallelujah. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, and behold, Rav Tzvot, a great army. Do you understand why we're teaching now about Adonai Tzvot earlier? The wind has to do with the army of God rising up. Hinge, jinge, bunge. Hallelujah. Can you imagine all these dry bones of denominations clicking back together? And the wind of God blowing and people come into life? Hallelujah. And it's nothing to do with us. It has to do with just the wind. He brings his wind from the treasure houses of heaven. It's up to him. It's his sovereign will. We just have to get ready and ask for it. And that's what I'm asking, John 16. That my joy may be full. <laughs> Glory to God. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is perished and we are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'll open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I'll bring you to the land of Israel. My goodness, we're seeing that right now, aren't we? This is a twofold purpose. One is a natural seed of Israel. Also, It's also the church. Whatever God does in natural Israel, He does in the church. And right now we're seeing the greatest influx, Ethiopian Jews. Did you know that a couple years ago they found Chinese Jews? 
It says that they shall come from the land of Sinim. Sinim in Hebrew means, is, means China. They found a, a, a group of Chinese Jews there, about 10,000. Hallelujah, just recently. Ethiopia just had a major airlift of Jewish people beginning of this decade. The Russian Jews still coming out. Hallelujah, folks. Hallelujah. See, whenever God does something with the Jewish people and bringing them back to their land, he always gives them the written word. When they came back in Ezra's time out of Babylon, he gave them the word again, written again. When they came in 1948 from all the countries of the world after the Holocaust, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And now Jewish people are coming in like never before, and they're finding new parchments in, in Qumran right now, outside the, the wadis of Qumran. They're finding all types of new information. What's next is the wind. Verse 13, and you'll know that I am the Lord when I've opened up your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. And I'll put my breath, my wind, my spirit within you, and you'll come to life. And I'll place you on your own land. Then you'll know that I am the Lord and have spoken and done this, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. So the wind of God, when it begins to blow, has to do with offensive maneuvers. The wind came, an army arose. The wind came at Pentecost, an army arose. 3,000 were saved in one day. Hallelujah. It came suddenly, took the devil off, off guard. Great number of the priests, hallelujah, were saved. Awesome, folks. And there's coming a wind in this hour. Don't get tired out there. There's more. Jeremiah 51. Again, Adonai smote the Lord of the armies of heaven. Having to do with the wind of God. If you feel a wind tonight, probably the air conditioning. <laughs> but there's coming a real wind. 51, verse 15. It is he who made the earth by his power. Jeremiah 51 and verse 15. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom. And by his understanding, he stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens. Latter rain. And he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Could it be that those that have been faithfully tithing and giving up offerings are filling up the storehouse of the Lord and they'll be the first recipients of this great wind that's going to come? Malachi 3. I believe that you're putting, we're putting down down payments. Be first in line for the wind to blow. Hallelujah. Verse 17. All mankind is stupid. For us to enter in to the treasure. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Let the guillotine drop on the brainstem. We can't figure this thing out, folks. We're born of the Spirit. We don't know where it's going from the wind. So also is this thing going to happen. We just got to prepare for it. Get the sails up. All mankind is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful. There's no breath or spirit or wind in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like these, for the maker of all is he, and the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts, Adonai Tzvaot, the Lord of the armies is his name. Here it is, again with the wind. Look at verse 20. He says, you are my war club, my weapon of war. Another translation says, you are the Lord's shatterer. Another translation says, you're the Lord's battle axe. Hello, army of God. Battle axes. I like that one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Battle axes. It talks about all these things that God wants us to do. Then in verse 27, lift up a signal or a standard in the land. Blow a shofar among the nations. It's happening. It's happening. Even now, the wind of the Spirit is blowing. My wife, uh, there's a tape we have out there called The Glory Fell on a Tuesday Night. And I watched my three children at that time and let Dolly, I was still pastoring in New York City. <clears throat> Dolly went down there for a week <clears throat> just to soak and marinate with some friends. And on Tuesday night, I mean, the glory fell. I wasn't in the service, but when Dolly called me up, boy, I felt the anointing. She, we picked her up at the airport, and she told me, you know, I didn't want to come back in the flesh. We got so far out there. 10,000 people singing in the Spirit. It was like angels in the place. I picked her up at the airport, and she stepped into the car. Some of you heard this. Some of you have not heard this. She got into the car, and, and she was just glowing. And I looked at her and I said, what happened to you, honey? She was just glowing just in that presence, the glory room. And when she stepped in the car, I felt the anointing come in the car. And then suddenly, the windshield of my automobile disappeared there at LaGuardia Airport. And I saw into the spirit, and I saw the heavenly realm, the realm of glory, and I saw the natural realm. And I saw a dividing line that went across. And at the bottom of this vision or whatever it was, I saw ministries' names. I saw one ministry here, denominational ministry, and it would go up so far, but stop short of the glory realm. Another ministry that we all know, I won't mention his name, goes up into glory and just barely crosses over it, then stops. Another ministry went way up and then went into the glory and had signs and wonders and great healings, but stopped also, didn't keep going. And another one went up so far and didn't even get off the ground, really. And when I saw that, I said to myself, I am not going to be one of those ministries. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going all the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for our heritage of knowing the word of faith and being 
stabilized in the word, amen, and be able to judge things by the word and learning the gifts of the spirit and having people gone before us to teach us the realms of glory and moving Holy Ghost and signs and, you know, uh, a healing and all these wonderful things. But there's more, folks. If you want to uh, drool, go get one of Wigglesworth's books and read about it. The last thing he prophesied over Lester Summerall but the next glory that's coming. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And these things are not taught. It's like the more you jettison the things off your ship, the easier you can be driven with the wind. You've got to jettison everything in this hour. Whatever the ankle weights, whatever is the extra cargo, whatever the pursuits you're doing. <clears throat> this wind's coming, folks. We're not playing games. This is not just meetings. This, listen, this is serious. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. It says here, we're the, we're the Lord's war club or battle axe. If you turn to Romans chapter 7, you'll see the same type of symbolism used. <clears throat> Romans chapter, excuse me, Romans chapter 6. Let's just begin at verse 1. So we can't make this happen. If the wind doesn't blow, we just keep teaching, you know. <laughs> but when he blows, we let him move. And you can try to drum it up. Been in too many spooky services like that. <laughs> what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live in it? Do not know that all of us who have been baptized in Messiah, Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Messiah was raised from the, from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might not walk in newness of life. For we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin may be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have, if, if we have died with Messiah, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Messiah, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. There's a reason why he's saying all this here. Verse 11, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you'd obey its lust thereof. Why? The reason why is verse 13. Do not go on presenting the members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. The word instrument there is also the Greek word for weapon. Hello, war chariots. Let me just open up my linguistic key. By the way, if you want to know where we get these little good word studies from, I have a little thing I carry with me. It's called the Linguistic Key to the Greek New Testament. Fritz Reinecker, and it's by Zondervan. You can get it through the Christian Book Distributor. It costs about 20 bucks or so. And just a great, 
great little tool here for those who don't know Greek. Anyway, it says here, verse 13, it says, Do not go on presenting your members of your body. It's the imperative in the Greek. Imperative means it's a command. It says, put at one's disposal. The word is used in a military sense. We're putting ourselves at a disposal as a tool or a weapon. God's retooling us. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Sin is regarded as a sovereign Lord, which demands the military service of its subjects, levies their quota of arms, and gives them the soldier's pay of death. We, however, are called to discontinue that action immediately and be alive as weapons of righteousness. Hmm. Praise God. I'm finished. Verse 14, For sin shall not be master of you, for you are not under law, but under grace. 16, do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, whether it's sin and death or obedience resulting in righteousness? Verse 18 really sums up these meetings that we've had a privilege to share with you at the Holy Ghost buffet table here. Being freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I want to be a Holy Ghost Patriot missile. Hallelujah. <laughs> Doing all we can to prepare. Because the wind's coming, folks. The wind's coming. Chapter 7, verse 6 says, But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we've been bound, so we may serve in the newness of the wind. Ooh. And not in the oldness of the letter. There's a wind of blowing. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, that they would be saved. 
The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.